Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What Will Hamza Put On His Head Today? What It Do Out of Character Crew. It's me, Philip DeFranco, and I'd like to tell you about my week. Now, I'm getting a lot of feedback about the mission of this, uh, you know, the mission statement of this podcast. And not, not a lot of feedback, a couple of comments, but they sync. And have we lost the mission? Isn't this mission to um, delineate, dissect, and um, influencers and internet nomads alike to make them um, more human and uh, chewable for viewers to be able to become even more parasocial? And yes, that is still my mission statement. But as you can tell uh, by the title, it just got a lot brighter. Um, I am moving, and this is one of the reasons, because interviewing, conversating with guests on the calls can only do so much, you know, it's like therapy, I haven't done therapy yet, because I've only really needed therapy since the lockdown began, and it's been online therapy, you think I'm about to get on a Zoom call, and you know, try and explain to this random guy, because that's what a therapist is. A therapist is a random guy. You expect me to trauma dump and tell him about how I, you know, didn't get to see the newest movies growing up, and I still think about that to this day. You think I can do that? No, I can't. I might as well live stream it and throw Claire and Haley and then Jason. There we go. Freak Show is... um back and going. I mean, that sounds exciting. I had to watch that. Um, but yes, I am moving, guys. I'm moving to Toronto, Ontario, but the more important thing is that I'm moving out for the first time. I'm a little birdie jumping out of the nest, and you know, it's scary but exciting. Um, and there's so much I want to do and so much I'm excited to do. Uh, I've got big dream. I'm a big dreamer, <laughs> and I'm excited to make these things happen because I have a lot of love in my heart, and um, you know, I'm just gonna go down these things that I, you know, these the, these phrases I always say and remind you because that's what I am. I'm your weekly reminder of uh, you know, I stabilize you, I talk, you listen. In Toronto, what am I doing? Uh, I'm wasting a lot of money on rent. Uh, I've never really had to spend this kind of money before. So, um, you know, very exciting to have some fire under my ass. But uh, truth be known, <laughs> I love that saying. I don't even know what it means. Um, I need to make friends. So let's start this episode with a little bit of a Batman call. Uh, anyone in Toronto who is cool who's looking for love, who's looking for friends, who's looking for um, changing their life, who's looking for, you know, maybe in addition to your little entourage you get going. I need a bit of a social uh, network. Or I'm afraid I will be hanging in a closet uh, in, a, in a condo in, a, you know, six months' time. And that is a joke. That is a joke. Um, yes. I would never hang myself. That's actually probably one of the worst ways to go um actually no is it really i think about this a little too much and i know the perfect way to go 
but I'm not going to tell you because then you'd steal my freaking moves. Um, you know, a lot of them I get, but you really got to think about, um, <laughs> Woo! Uh, where's that therapist at, son? Maybe a Zoom call therapist isn't so bad. Actually, okay, listen, I joke, I kid, and I pull at your heartstrings. That's what I do. Um, but truth be known, let's see if we can fit nine more truth be knowns in this uh, podcast. Is that um, I'm not you know interested in any of that you know murdering myself thing, primarily because uh, you know, I can't think of a. I think I can't write up a serious like note. You know, I don't want to say the word, but you know, a goodbye note, because uh, every time I draft one up, it's always like, peace out. And I don't think I can do that. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. It's like, boy, your boy's gone. Your boy. That sounds like a Bo Burnham thing. I love Bo Burnham. Um, he's the best. He's a rock star. He's six foot five. I mean, come on now. Huh? Um, I got to watch out, okay? Trigger warning, all this, yada, yada. Listen, I know I'm, thin, I'm on thin ice. Um... But I'm like an adrenaline junkie. This is my adrenaline. I have to be on thin ice. Or else, what am I living for, you know? And just like all adrenaline junkies, they chase that adrenaline. And then they get too close to the fire and they burn themselves. So you as a listener, you have to keep that in mind. I will get too close to the sun eventually and I will burn myself with my rhetoric and my uh, jokes, as I almost did last week. Not almost. Everyone is nice about it. I mean, I'll always take on funny. <laughs> I can't believe people even got mad at... I mean, people thought it was hilarious. But, you know, like four people were like, Okay, this Fatima hijab joke, you can't make... Like, it's not even funny. That is how I know you're speaking for someone else. Any Middle Eastern person. I am Middle Eastern knows how homophobic we, like, unironically Middle Eastern people are. Are you going to act like that's not a real thing, you goof? I got more backlash from my own mother on that podcast episode than I did from any of you because she was genuinely frustrated that I would even joke about being gay. Now, I love her. And, you know, sometimes it's a lot of culture and it's a lot of... It's just, uh, you know, I'm no, I'm no civil activist. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to fix things. But, hey, don't speak for other people because you're a loser if you do. Speak for yourself. Speak the truth. Speak your truth. At least. That's what I don't understand. How are you, like, these people who are mouthpieces for, uh, you know, little ideas they have or they think what they should say and recite, is that, that is all you have in life, is speaking your truth. And you're going to withhold that from yourself? Dude, speak your freaking truth. Um, <laughs> this episode's a little bit late, I think, on Sunday. It should be coming out late Sunday. Excuse me, I'm trying here. I'm steering a tight ship. 
but I'm excited to move. And I will, uh, I just want to say, <laughs> I've been dragging this out so much, it feels like forever, but I'm just going to say this one more time. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, my point in that, Ugh! I understand that joke. I'm not trying to be no Dave Chappelle over here, and I'm, I'm I, you know, I literally saw a video critiquing me and, and critiquing me, and um, a comment, like, quoted Dave Chappelle. I was like, bro, all right, chill. I'll have that moment. But not this is not what I'm trying to do here. I agree it's unfunny. Um, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Jesus Christ Superstar. You ever seen that? Claire talks about that movie all the time. Speaking of Jesus H. Christ, Christmas rock. Huh? What do we have on our Christmas lists and Thanksgiving today? I mean, look at us in the holiday season. I've never celebrated a holiday in my life, like genuinely celebrated. Most lit I ever got on Christmas was probably, oh, sixth grade. We had a Christmas party. It went kind of berserk. Ginger ale, Doritos, Oreos. The movie was. Oh, my God. The movie was uh, The Lorax, I'm pretty sure. Lorax, Oreos, you know, there were some Sour Patch Kids, but I only got like two of them because they freaking disappeared in two seconds. And that was like the last two hours of class, and we got Liddy as a titty, and excuse me for saying that, but um, it's just a saying we have up here in Canada. Where's my phone at? Oh my god, I'm having a nervous breakdown. Where's my phone? Ah, it's under the table. Um, if you notice my appearance for you appearance watchers, audio watchers, uh, nothing special, but I do look a little bit like I, um, am decaying, maybe. I don't feel really pretty today. I look like I got all the vitamins sucked out of me, maybe the zinc, um, vitamins and minerals even, I would say. Um, acne is on fire, even though I've been pretty consistent recently. And I think I have tendonitis. You know the one tendonitis, tendonitis, the one you get from rust, the one that's you should be vaccinated for. I'm per, I'm 99% sure that I have it because uh, I'm right now. You might not notice it, but I am like Kanye West in that one song he did through the wire. I don't even think that's the melody. And I don't know what a melody is. Melody, rhythm, beat. But my jaw is so tight, um, it's insane. I can't open it. Some of you, I streamed a couple days ago or something. Some of you popped in. And I was, I looked like, I'm, like I was on Molly, moving my jaw back and forth. That only made it worse. I can't even open it. Now, I uh, dismiss that as possibly I'm grinding my teeth at night. My mom's theory. Um, but I'm 99% sure I don't do that. But I'm not awake. I don't know. So, um, or maybe my Invisalign. I've never had this problem, but maybe my Invisalign's acting up. Uh, I don't know. But then I wake up a couple days ago, and I am having trouble swallowing. Like, strep throat, but even a funkier uh, version. And then I have a little bit of a fever and a little bit of headache. And I look it up and these are the exact symptoms of tendonitis. I, I think I'm saying this wrong. Tetanus! 
Tetanus. Ah. Tetanus. Excuse me. Tendonitis is like when your ears beeping or something. Tetanus. Tetanus. And then I look at my vaccine records. And uh, last time I got vaccinated for tetanus was like when I was 12 years old. And apparently you're supposed to get a booster shot when you're 19. <laughs> I'm 19. I haven't gotten a booster shot yet. So I think I, there's a little bit of gap. And maybe I was, you know, barefoot in the backyard. Maybe you got a little rust somewhere. And I didn't even know what tetanus was. You know, you probably don't either. You just know the tetanus shot. Look up tetanus right now. Tetanus, the final stages of tetanus, your muscles spaz out so much and your entire body arcs and your like stomach is protruding and you're like in agonizing pain and your muscles spaz so much you break your own spine. Now, on honestly, that doesn't sound that bad right now. I could go for that. I could go for my spine breaking right now. That's just uh, in the state I am in right now. But I would hate to regret it, you know. I'd hate to break my spine and be up there or down there and looking uh, you know, looking down on earth and be like, damn, you know. I didn't get to try that uh, sushi place, but it's whatever. You know, I think about, you know, that's also a reason why I won't off myself. Because I feel like if in some scenario, if, if you are offed and you are forced to watch the uh, playing out of your death, would that not be agonizing? Especially I know I know the world would be devastated without me, <laughs> frankly. No, um, I know my mother would probably uh, lose her mind. She's probably listening. Love you. Um, so, and I know it just, you know, I'm kind of the glue in a lot of things right now, and a lot of stuff would uh, undo itself, so. <laughs> it's out of character. Also, I didn't, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't get enough, I didn't get enough feedback on when I finally dropped the final song, the full song of Out of Character. Pull up a chair. Oh. Sit on the floor, and I tell you a story you never heard before. Something special, something mean, something I hope we keep in between. It's out of character. Nobody said anything about that. I mean, I get there was the merch coming out with it. So there's that to talk about. But I hardly saw any feedback on that. So screw you guys. Also, merch is still out. And it's actually the pre-orders are sold out on most of the sizes of the Happy Crew Neck, if I remember. And also the cart tee. The pre-orders are sold out. I don't know how you guys did that. Um, all that's left is a handful of stuff on the rainbow logo, which my is actually my favorite piece. So scoop before it's gone forever. Um, but speaking of singing, uh, yeah, dude, I'm a singer and I've been singing since day one. You guys think I'm new to this stuff for TikTok cloud. I'm over here singing Adele, but truly I'm a day one. I really am. Um, when I was in third or fourth grade. Um, me and my two pals 
uh, were at were somewhere, and we watched Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, one of them, I don't know which one. It's probably the first Alvin and the Chipmunks, and we thought this was fire. We thought the dynamic of these three rodents was what we needed in our um, social life. So after we finished the movie, we assigned each one of us a role. I was Alvin, of course, and I was like, yeah, do your Simon. Theodore, that's the third one. And I said, my boy, you are Theodore. And at recess, we would um, sit at the picnic table. And uh, we'd start snapping our fingers in sync. You can tell by the way I walk. And I'm a woman's man. Oh, or this one. I, I, this song I knew by heart. And we'd do high-pitched, of course. Well, it wasn't really our choice. We were third graders. But uh, how does it go? The sun goes down. No. The guns go up. And all that snow is here and now. My universe will never be the same. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you came. Oh, and the freaking... This song is genius. Each each line, it, it, like, it ends and it starts with the same word. Can you spend a little time? Time slip. And we, we do high pitch. Time slipping in a way, away from my so stay, so I can make, make you glad you, and then all, and you know, you think this was lame. You'd think so, but hand to God, bitches was flocking, watching us perform, and dudes too, and excuse me for cursing, um, but I'm trying to set the scene here. Guys, girls, I mean, there's not much going on at recess. Let's be honest. The only other thing we were doing is we would also go to uh, other picnic tables. And we would get uh, pencil top erasers. And we would draw faces on them and, care and customize them. And we would call them hobos. And we would make their own little houses out of paper and pencils. And its own little universe of um, writing equipment. It was really exciting stuff. They were called hobos. I don't think it had anything to do with homeless people, but maybe you did. Anyway, we would sing our hearts out, and uh, they would scream. Everyone would be like, ah, they're performing! And we felt fly. We were flying. I'm still flying. I still sing. And that was just one of the many things young Hamza used to do. Because, you know, my if I could describe my childhood, is that... Material was scarce, but imagination was abundant, truly. So we would, it was like, at the time, we were living it up. That's And that's all that really matters is the present. Looking back, you know, we're doing more with less. Isn't that the Lowe's uh, motto? Another thing I, I did, um, just a lot of stuff. Um, Oh my god, uh in my living situation as you know I lived in a sort of uh projects ex student housing. More mainly it is student housing, but um it's like the quads except it's not there's no students. It was kind of uh a combination of immigrants and students and immigrant students and uh like families, like struggling families. 
don't feel we're out of character here, folks. And um, me and my neighbor, Eric, Korean guy, we would go to the backyard and there's this big bush. It's like decoration. Uh, and we would we gutted it. We went inside of it. We're small enough that we can get inside of this bush. It's like three feet wide, three, f- f- five feet tall. It's a pretty big bush. Hedge, kind of. Get in it. We gutted it. And we, like, made the branches in a way where you can sit. So you'd get in and you'd get enclosed inside of this hedge. And we made instruments out of sticks and pots and pans. And we started a band of two guys inside of a hedge. In... That's not even our hedge. It was, like, whoever ran the place. And it was crazy because I remember we spent so much work building the thing. That when we were done, we just, like... We just finally got, we convinced ourselves that we made comfy seats, and then we'd be like, oh, and that was, and then we just were too tired to sing, and we just got, like, fruit snacks and just chilled in there, and, like, that's crazy when there was no phones and stuff, like, you would just talk, and, like, if someone, if you had beef with someone, or you were annoyed with someone, you gotta figure that out quick, because that's your only source of, uh, you know, entertainment per se, not really, um, but yeah, that same kid, he was my neighbor, I don't know if I told the story before, but, um, one time him and his mother were out, and, uh, and his sister, they were a a trio, um, single mother, or I think so, she was very beautiful, uh, Korean family they were, and I opened the, there's a balcony, while they left, it was unlocked, I opened it, I walk in, house, their apartment smells very Korean, which I loved. I had been to his house a couple times. It was it was that situation when they they wouldn't really invite me over, but we would always invite them over because they were cooler than us, which I think that's a good system. You don't want to be mixing that kind of stuff. But I got in, and I, I thought it was super cool that he had his own, own room and his sister had her own room, and then the mom had her own room. I go to his room, my friend Eric, and I rob his ass blind. I get all his toys. Now we're about fifth grade, fourth grade. So I'm not going for the, uh, you know, freaking, I don't know what baby toys are, but, you know, pretty mature toys, like a like a rubber lizard or Legos or something. And I get like four or five things and I, and I hop out. And then I'm not really adrenaline high. It's not even like a, like a, a stick up per se. It's more like I'm just bored. You know, you know, my sister used to do this thing when she was very young that, she would just go in the bathroom and take all the shampoos and the soaps and spill them into the bathtub and then run the water. And then my my parents would go in to take a shower and be like, hey, why is all the shampoo, conditioner, soap gone? You know, that type of thing. And then you would interrogate this little girl and she'd be like, I could not tell you why I did it. I couldn't tell you. I just did it, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, she'll, like, make slime in the, in the bathroom sink with um, gum and milk. What are you going to do? It's just kind of instinct. So that was my, you know, thought process, robbing this uh, poor Korean kid. And I go in there. I snatch all his stuff, and... um. He comes home, and I knock at his house. Hey, can Eric come out to play? And Eric comes out to play. And I'm like, hey, Eric, 
Guess what? Mama just got me some new gifts. You want to see them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Check this out. Yeah! I pull out a fat rubber lizard. Eric goes, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. I go, what? He goes, hold on, I'll be right back. Runs in his room. Takes a little longer than I expected. Three, four minutes. Comes out. He goes, dude, I can't find it right now. But guess what? I got the same exact toy. On God, I do, bro. And that's not how he talked, but that's how he talks now. Actually, I did find it. He, I found a TikTok he made. And um, he's like huge now. Massive. It was crazy. And I found his Instagram. Dude's the most Republican, Trumpy. He moved to Virginia, apparently. And he's Korean. And all these pictures of him and crowds of white people. Insane. I thought he was gay growing up. I was 100% sure he was gay. And he might be closeted now. But he is... He's one... Uh, maybe a gay Republican. Like Tim Dillon. But, um... And then he goes, No way, bro. That's cool. I go, Dude, that's sick. And he goes, Where'd you get that? I said, Walmart. And he goes, Yeah, for sure. And I pull out a second toy. I'm like, Huh? What do you think about this? It's like a Lego Star Wars thing. He goes... Bruh, I go, what? He says, dude, I'll be right back. Runs in his room, shuffles around for a couple minutes, comes back out. He says, bro, am I losing my mind or what? Because I have that same thing too. I just can't find it right now, but I swear to God, I have that same thing. And I'm like, yeah. And I show him like three more things and he we go through the whole thing again and again and he doesn't catch on at all. And, uh, you know, everyone goes home at the end of the day and I'm starting to feel bad. So I go to the backyard and backyard of the apartment complex and I uh, dig up a hole and I bury all the toys and because I feel bad and I don't know what to do. So that's kind of what I was working with growing up. Like I said, material is scarce, but imagination was bountiful, you know, and that's really it's like that's how the future is going to be also. You know, when everyone gets poorer and everything, we'll have the multiverse and you could just put on a headset and nothing really matters. And it's kind of you get to that point where arguably, does it even is that better or worse? If you can give a homeless man a VR headset and he lives in that VR headset for the next 30 years and is convinced he lives on the beach with a wife and everything. Is that really worse? Is that a bad thing? It's like if, uh, in my heart of hearts, if vegan meat was identical to meat meat, I would be eating vegan meat all the time. Because at that point, it really doesn't matter. So, um, I'm telling you, I'm fighting through this job pain. Uh, yeah, man, the younger days were... Like, something else, like, I would do also, you know, my dream career growing up was to be an inventor up until I was, like, in ninth grade. It's, you know, a little late to be an in, want to be an inventor, maybe 10th grade. And I didn't know what an inventor was, but I was sure I wanted to be one. And my inspirations were, like, trailers for movies because we would never watch uh, any, like, PG-13 up movies or the new movies. If it had as little as a smooch 
I would not cross paths with such movie. Um, that's just the environment I grew up in. No smooch zone, I know. Rough. Um, but I would see like an Iron Man trailer or a, or a Transformers movie trailer, and I'd be like, that's badass. I don't know what's going on, but that is what I want as a career choice. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to be Iron Man for about seven years. And I had never, I'd never even watched an Iron Man movie. But is that not kind of uh, better working, doing more with, with less? Because then when you get more, you could do a lot more. Hey, I'm speaking on my ass. So, honestly, yeah, childhood was great. I could go on and on, dude. Like, I was truly a sneaky fox. That's kind of my nickname. I know it's not as uh, the most badass name you've ever heard. It's actually my my. It's uh, integrated into my Snapchat. Uh, Snap ID, Snapchat username. Let me get a sip real quick. I was a little sneaky fox. I got the inspiration uh, to be called the sneaky fox is because um, at a track meet in eighth grade. Um, we saw, I, uh, was from Southern Illinois, so there's a lot of cornfields. So when we'd go to a, a track meet, it was probably in the middle of a cornfield. And at this track meet, there was a, a heavier set man from another school called Hamilton County, I think. And he was sitting, he was hiding, he was, he was sneaking among the ground, the corn rows and staring at us. And we thought it was hilarious. And the mascot of the school he was from was foxes. So we called him the Sneaky Fox. And somehow it, trans and it transitioned to me. Look, I even have this to prove it. I'm the Sneaky Fox. Truly, I am. This is made of wood. And I made it myself freshman year. And I, that's kind of what I... If I could sum, sum it up. Because... You know, I was just thinking all the time. My mom would drive me home from preschool, and I wouldn't say a word. But when she'd look behind the seat and see me back there, I'd be strapped in my seatbelt. But I would just be, like, staring at the seat in front of me like this. And just thinking. Uh, so, I'm a little sneaky dude. <laughs> sneaky link. I could be your sneaky link. Let me know if you're from Toronto, babes. Let me know. Actually, no. On God... I'm looking for, <laughs> I just said on God, sorry. I am looking for, a... I'm looking to be a socialite in Toronto. And, uh, you know, this is again my little Batman signal. Because right now I got Freddy Dredd and Freddy Dredd's cousin and Freddy Dredd's girlfriend. That's kind of my entourage. So, feel free to uh, invite me to your quinceaneras or whatever. Not a lot of Hispanic people up here. I noticed that. And not a lot of black people. I think there's more in Toronto. I think it's just the city I'm from. But it is like kind of uh, insane how few amount of black people are up here. Like there's more Arabs than black people. I don't know. Kind of just took me by. There's like less than 2% of the population where I live. Like uh, where I used to live, it was like 30%. I don't know. 
I mean, don't look at me weird. I'm just talking. And that's what a podcast is. I talk. You listen. And speaking of black people, Pokimane is switching races? Question mark. Apparently, Pokimane is... I saw a picture of her, and I I'm, I didn't know who it was. I thought it was uh, Destiny or something, but not Pokimane. Let me show you a picture, the p- picture I'm talking about. <laughs> I looked at Pokimane on Twitter, and the first thing that popped up was uh, Pokimane feet. <laughs> Look, bro. What is going on, man? Hold on. It's focusing. That is nuts. Also, this camera I'm using is much worse uh, because it's my backup camera. Because I gave my brother my uh, primary camera to film a soccer game. And he brought it back uh, messed up. So I'm still fixing that. One of the reasons why I'm moving out. <laughs> uh, he lost one to five. But Pokemon is switching races. Listen. I think uh, this, you know, we need these kind of, it's just boring out right now. So I wouldn't mind watching people like, uh, like, uh, okay. Zarbra, Zarbra, I don't know. Zarbra doesn't like me. Troy Zarbra. I think he doesn't like me. I don't know. I just feel like he is, uh, um, I don't think he likes me and I don't know why I love the dude. I don't know what I did wrong. And it's also a little bit awkward because my homeboy is his roommate. I'm actually making stuff up, kind of. I just feel like he uh, doesn't like me. But what I was going to say about him is he is also switching to Asian. Look him up. Look him up on Instagram and TikTok. He is turning a little bit more into Joji every single day. He's Joji now. Looks. He's also into music now, which doesn't help his case, but... I'm not even kidding. Joji is trending right now on, on Twitter, and I was looking at him, pictures of Joji, and I, I was like, every once I'd be like, Troy? Zarbra? It's kind of trippy. Oh, one sec. Just got interrupted. Someone walked into my room. That's why we're moving out. That's why we're moving to Toronto, everybody. God bless my family, but it's just time. You know what I mean? Um, Birdie's got to jump. You know, Birdie's got to fight the beast on its own. But uh, as I was saying, Joji trending now. And, uh, hey, I mean, he's a handsome-looking dude. So, Troy, if you can, more you can look like him, that's good. Even though jo- Troy's handsome in his own right. Um, But Joji, you know... He's got a very controversial past. And, um, hey. All we ask as a society is for you to be consistent. If you want to be taken seriously, if you want your grievances to be taken with any weight, you've got to be consistent. So you can't be jamming out to slow dancing in the dark. And then, um, try and shut down another artist for you know tweeting something silly in 2012 it's just it's called if you are consistent with all these things then you will be taken seriously but no one on any side of any spectrum respects a hypocrite slash uh 
you know, is it called a LARPer or a grifter? And I'm not familiar with those words, but those are more uh, politically oriented. So just be consistent. I mean, if you're jamming a flower boy and Tyler, the creator, and he's saying slurs here left and right, I mean, not now, but he used to, then boss. I'm not saying you have to be okay with other people. You know, if you were listening to Frenemies freaking three months ago, and you are yelling at, and then you turn around and freaking yelling at Nessa Barrett for twerking to the Quran, Quran, then just shut up because you just got to be consistent. And that whole thing, that whole Nessa Barrett dancing to the Quran is like, no muzzies complained about that. Hey, not a single one who is consistent. Not one. I am on Nessa's side. Oh my god, how's the song go? Loving me is suicide. La -di -la -la. Bro, obviously she didn't know it was a religious sound. It sounds like music to any untrained ear. That could easily be in a song in another language. And she twerked to it. Hey, you're gonna hate on a girl for twerking? I think that's all that's all you got to do before you start pointing fingers and shooting down other people. Look at yourself and make at least make sure you're consistent. That's all. If you're consistent. Then. um, Because you got to live with yourself. Only, you know, when you're being a hypocrite, only, you know, um, when your intentions are not honest, when you are uh, taking someone down because you are resentful of their position or otherwise and not because you are truly passionate about the crime they've committed you're a scumbag if uh if you leverage um tragedies and uh people being offend offended to um push yourself as a good person you are scumbag and, and the scum of the earth and you are the gum at the bottom of the desk under the desk sorry if if that's you then uh you know if if you're offended, I'm talking about you. <laughs> I love that line that they do. But, um, yeah, truly, I think, like, like I said, I'm on a no BS meter now. Uh, people who are hypocrites, like I've said this again and again, but I wholeheartedly believe um, performative activism is absolutely worse than any activism. It dilutes any serious problem. It, uh, it sets a horrible example. It just, it is so much worse than whatever referral you'll, you'll get from your Instagram story or your, um, it's, it is the death of, um, like any discourse is performative activism because then you can't tell. It's like, uh, It's like fakes in amid, amidst fake. I don't know, dude. It's just that's what we got to be on our no BS meter is, is performative activism and people who make brain rot content. I think we got to be on that because these people who, who have 
who make this brain rot content should be sentenced to life in prison. And then after that, they get hung. So whenever they're about to die, you hang them. Publicly hang Publicly hang them. Because the effect they have on the next generation is just horrible. You know, like some of these TikTokers, man, who make brain rot content. This It's not even relatable at this point. Like, re- relatable content is like brain rot in itself. But just like filters and faces and and audios and don't think don't stop scrolling or you'll start thinking and you don't want to like think about because then you'll let your hellish thoughts uh populate your your young your young mind you'll really know what's going on you who are contributing this and I, i do feel guilt every time i post you know i do post sometimes garbage content but you know, that is just the con. You know, I've got to cross lines so that I can take them out. I'm like Robin Hood. Um, I don't even know what Robin Hood did, but it sounds like something he would do. Um, but we've got to be on our no BS meter. You know, I've told you this. I think I've said this a couple of times, but I do fantasize about like bumping into, um, like I don't know, one of those. One of the people who do the thirst traps on, uh, where's my phone? I gotta show you. Dude! Uh, like the people who make the, who just every day, for every single 30 minutes of the day, they post a selfie on their, and they always have a verified, they're always verified on Snapchat, but they're posting one every 30 minutes of the day, and it's just garbage. I have, I fantasize about bumping into one of them in public and uh insulting them and it instigates into a fight and me beating their ass now the last part is not so doesn't have to happen i don't really care about the result of the fight but just getting to to swing as much as i can like who is this guy harry jowsy i'm just scrolling man (laughs) i got the twins (laughs) But, um, yeah, like this guy, Jason Felt. I'd kill him if I got the chance. I'd kill, I really would kill him if I got the chance. Um, because, and I put this out as an invite, okay? If you are one of these people, Jackson Felt, Jacob Day, I would fly down to you. But please fly up here and we will, we could do armless, arm wrestling contest. Because I used to be more um, sympathetic, empathetic of people who do this kind of stuff. You know, they're getting their bag. They're maybe they're not a fan of what they're doing. You know, maybe they're stuck in a system. Maybe this is their only source of income. Um, but you know what cancel culture has taught me is that it's not about the intention of the action. It's about the effect of the action. And also, let me give one comment on that before I stop my hot takes. I've been on hot takes for 20 minutes. Hey, this, you're in, it doesn't matter the intention of what he did. It matters the effect and the people affected. Hey, dumbass. You know what context is? A large part of context is intention. 
That's a very big part of context. Intention is context of why someone said something. If someone says a slur in, you know, six years ago, are they saying it while they're, you know, yelling at someone, while they're driving down the street Emma Lou style? Or are they reading To Kill a Mockingbird? I'm not, no one is saying that one is like, unex, like perfectly fine if you do that. But that is what context is. So, yes, context, context. Intention does matter because that is maybe 50% or more of context. But I do agree. Some There is also a factor of, you know, okay, it doesn't matter intention. You know, there is some effect that you need to address. I agree with that. But to say, you know... That's what I notice is a, with a lot of these progressive movements is people come up with the worst like slogans and they every time they say the slogan, they have to backtrack and explain, hey, no, this is not what we really mean, but this is our like what we're saying, like a lot of stuff like defund the police people or like a cab or something. <laughs> oh, I'm getting I got to chill, bro. I need Aaron here to restrain me. But my point is like people would be like, you know, a Republican would be like, dude. Not every single cop is bad, okay? Only some bad apples are bad. And then the, the person on the left people have to be like, no, we don't mean all of them are bad. We just mean by implication because they're not fighting away. Like, okay, if that's what you mean, let's come up with a different saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, when they say believe all women about sexual assault stuff, obviously, no one who says that means it doesn't mean believe all <laughs> it doesn't mean believe all women like unconditionally it means take them seriously it means listen to them and and let's dig, take them seriously basically it's take them seriously like give them you know obvious because that's such a it's such a uh what is it called it like uh that's how you make someone all right is by like saying believe all like screaming believe all women like obviously take all women seriously and if it's like it's a much much better to take her uh, an accusation seriously and find out it's not true than not take it seriously at all and it be true that's a million times of a better situation but like just the phrases i feel like we're on a we're on a, a streak of just horrible slogans not horrible, but just miss, like it could just be better and make stuff less divided. You know, every Republican thinks, not every, but most people on the right think for the most part, take women seriously, take accusations seriously. Listen, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, but probably more than you think. But if you tell like a super right-wing guy, I think believe all women, they're gonna be like, what? Do you know how many people get falsely accused and then the other person's like, no, do you know how many girls don't get taken seriously? It's like, how did I get here? I was talking about singing Alvin and the Chipmunks when I was in third grade. Where's Aaron at? Aaron's my caretaker, man. This is what I mean when I say not everyone should have a podcast because all it takes is an hour and all their beans are spilled. All their flaws are shown Every uh, 
weak spot is uh is put on the you know put on the spotlight so yes maybe i should have guests every episode so that they can reel me in and i shouldn't be unhinged but you guys truly do keep me in pace uh in pace no in line please comment what you think about this stuff now listen this is a silly podcast Sometimes the sillies get serious. And excuse me if you were able to hear that burp. But also, when even when I talk about this, I get paranoid. Not because if I'm wrong or if it's a bad take, but because I don't want to seem like a pseudo-intellectual of, of some kind or that I think I know what I'm talking about. I have to preface and po. There's got to be a word preface after. Disclaimer. That I genuinely don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just speaking from the heart and genuinely what I think at the moment. I don't, you know, and I think that opinion is good sometimes because you get an unfiltered, unbiased sort of a point of view. And, but it can also be fueled by other biases like anger or jealousy or resentment. Uh, but you know, it's just healthy in the discourse. And I'm not trying to add to discourse or anything. I'm not trying to be anything. When I talk like this and I'm scared of being a a pseudo-intellectual, it's actually uh, part of a bigger problem. One of the biggest problems in my mind that I have every single day, almost, is whenever I do something or enjoy something or sink my teeth into a hobby, I get terrified of uh, being pigeonholed into a type of person or a category of person. Uh, like, let me give you an example. I bought these shoes, Salomon's XT6s or something, and I was showing the stream, and there was like, poggers, they look great. And then I show my music taste, and I get a, I see a couple people in the chat saying, I feel like I've already talked about this. Uh-oh. Have I talked to you guys about this? I see a few people talking about, uh, oh, you're the person, yeah, you're the definitely the type of person who would do this uh, because you have those shoes and you would definitely listen to music. And let me guess, you like this jacket too and um, you like to go on hikes. And I'm like, damn, I got pigeonholed. I'm, I've been categorized. I am uh, nothing but like an archetype, just a type of person, you know, and I think it's unhealthy to a point, the amount I think about this, because it's not that I want to be an individual so bad. It's just I feel uh, fooled that because I convince myself that um, I'm kind of chartering my own new path and like I'm unique in my own way and that I am uh, have special interests and special likes and I am just myself. And then when I figure out you know, like a car guy, for example. He really likes cars. And he also really likes vaping. And he also really likes being single and working at a fast food chain. And boom, that is the type of person. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people see comfort in being a type of person because then you get a community and, you know, you're a car guy. And now you're part of the car guy community. Uh, and a lot of people are like you and things like that. But I get scared of that because I feel like that is like the one of the hallmarks of adulthood. Like when you become an adult, those categories are so apparent 
of, you know, like it's happening so fast. Like in third grade, some kid whose dad, like it doesn't matter what your parents do or anything or what you like, all these kids are playing together at recess and it's like, that's baseline, everyone's the same. But the older you get and the more you look into your interests and you become these types of people, you'll never like return. And it's like gets lonelier and lonelier and like uh, more different and everyone's, you know. And I, th- and I think in an ideal world where everyone is special in their own way and are not ca- categorized into any groups or pigeonholed into what they like or what they what they should act like, then everyone can enjoy everyone because they don't think, you know. So, um, but I do think an element of it is maybe uh, I want to be an individual and I have an ego, you know. Um, I think I do have an ego. Well, I definitely do have an ego. Everyone has an ego. But I think I'm I'm in uh, at odds with it all the time. Hey, man. Thanksgiving? Who's thankful? What are we thankful for? Let's be real for a moment. I'm thankful for our veterans. I'm thankful for... <laughs> I'm thankful for... Um, dogs i don't even have a dog man but i'm so thankful for dogs and cats i wish i had a dog or a cat but i don't have one but i'm extremely thankful for your dog and your cat Uh, i'm thankful for i'm thankful for brownies i'm thankful for like the state of washington in the u.s i've always wanted to visit washington or or that North never eats soggy waffles. Northwest corner of the United States with the ocean and the trees in Yosemite. I'm thankful for that corner of the earth, even though I've never been. I'm thankful for my two legs. I'm thankful for not having any paper cuts right now. I'm thankful for... I gotta get a sip of water. I'm thankful for water. I'm thankful for Joji. For Joji turning over a new leaf and making some music, huh? Like, I don't like his music, to be honest. Or not that I don't like it, but, uh... See, yeah, I think this is where uh, it's a red flag for me, is that I hate music. Not hate, but I can't take music seriously when it's on TikTok. I cannot. And I and I don't think it's just me, man. I really don't think it's just me, but I cannot take music seriously if it's a TikTok trend. It's not that it's, uh, maybe it's because I heard it way too many times, because I'm on TikTok, but like, there's not a lot of Doja Cat left, you know, I'm not going to listen to Doja Cat in my car, because all of it's been taken. Uh, so yeah, Joji, I can't take him seriously because of all the trends his music's got. Taken in the dark. But honestly, it can be good. A lot of honesty in this chat. Chat. I said chat, excuse me. A lot of honesty in this uh, podcast episode. But his one song, Sanctuary, could bring me to tears if I'm in the right state of mind. 
not because it's that much of an emotional song, but it's more uh, emotionally tied for me. I've got some very good memories playing it with my friends, and I do love my friends. I do miss them. Um, but what's it called? My hometown friends. But what's it called? I also was, you know... <sighs> I was I was trying to do that thing, you know, that some people do when you're in a, when you're quite sad. You listen to sad music to get sadder, right? It's it's not I didn't invent this. I'm not gonna act like I did. But uh, I was giving it a shot one night. I was you know in my bed hugging a pillow, and I'm looking through Spotify desperately for sad music. I had my own little sad playlist of about literally four songs. But I scoured and searched for sad music, and all I could find is music about exes, or lovers, or things like that. And that made me, turn me from sad to mad. Because A, where's my lover, where's my ex? And B, why is there no music about just being sad? You know, why can't we just like be sad for being sad? Or, I don't know. Nothing, not a single song I could find. Every single one. I even looked up playlists, sad playlists, playlists to cry yourself to sleep. And I click it, and then in the first songs, like T Swizzle freaking singing about. She wears short skirts, I wear t shirts. Like, you know what I'm saying? And also. Coming out of that came another epiphany, is that there really is no sad music, I don't think. At least this applies to me. No music really makes me sad. Because I looked back at my song, my playlist of four sad songs, sad songs, I realized they're not even that sad. They're just tied to memories that are sad or happy memories that I miss and things like that. So, maybe I just... I feel like for girls, it's different. I feel like we're, our brains are wire, wired differently, definitely. You know, I was talking about this once, but obviously, a man's not going to get a hard-on from reading a, a wet pad or reading smut. Uh, that's impossible, physically impossible, because of the hormones and such. Because women have a stronger imagination or, or more prone to... Uh, emotions from imagination let's say uh, men are very visual obviously you know um so i think for music as well you know girls can cry listening to all too well me you know i don't know i, I can't maybe it's just me but i think it's a trend with a lot of boys and I don't say boys lightly. But also I'm on Tinder. I'm I'm on Tinder looking for love. <laughs> no, I'm still on Tinder. I did one Tinder event with you guys, but I've kept the app and that's because um That's because I paid for the premium for a month. So I've got it for a month, so I might as well just swipe as much as I can. So I swipe like this. Oh, my camera turned off. One second. So I just swipe. Come on. 
I swipe and I cross my fingers. It's cool. It's baller when you swipe and you like called it. I do like a, like I swipe and I'm like, yo, that's fun. I like when that happens. I don't know because I now I've realized the type of women who would swipe right on me. Like I can tell you right now, this girl swipe right on me for sure. Boom, called it. This girl, 27. No one, it kind of kills my ego, but no one above 22 is swiping right on me. Like, come on. I can freaking dance with the devil a little bit. She, she's 27. She's not going to swipe right on me. I knew it. This one, nope, not swiping right on me. I swipe right on her, though. This one is for sure. I do very well with Asian women on this app. Yo! <laughs> I am good at this, dude. Russian? This is a Russian woman. I'm calling it, yes. I'm gonna just, I'm, uh, this is a hit or miss, but I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, mixed race. I do very good with, um, mixed race women. Ah. Alyssa, God bless her. That's definitely a yes. What? Alyssa. That's a yes for sure. But, um, oh, damn. Anyway, my, my point is it's it's just exciting to get that kind of confirmation here and there, you know, when no one else is giving you that love. I'm just kidding. I also just troll in the messages. Um, like, uh, oh, wow, this one said, can I be your promiscuous girl? Look at me, I'm a freaking worldwide phenomenon. Um... A lot of them, I just message them, uh, are you vaccinated? And if they say yes, I unmatch them instantly. Especially if they recognize me. They're like, oh my God, are you Hamza? The real Hamza? I'm like, yes, are you vaccinated? And they go, yeah, I'm double vax Pfizer. And I unmatch them right there. So then they can go, when they go out with their girlies, they'll be like, you know that Hamza guy? He's anti-vax. Yeah, I matched with him and he asked if I was vaccinated and he instantly unmatched me. That's pretty funny if you ask me. Sometimes I get in debates with them um, about the vaccines. Other than that, I also just try and like see, because some of these girls are very forward, um, but very pretty, you know? So I'm like, why are you being, like, is it me? Am I just so sexy? Or is it that your standards are low? So I hit them with, you know, they'll be like, hey, you want to do this, that? And I'll be like, I'm 5'4", is that okay? And they're like, uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a virgin. I am. I have a small pecker. I smell pretty bad. You know, I'm homeless, and I just see how low they can go, like the limbo game. And God bless them. Some of them, uh, some of them are very flexible. Let's just say. But I'm just not in the position to execute at this moment, in any shape or form. But you know, God bless. Someday I, I do hope to have a wife and kids. Dude, I said I, I'm looking, what is it? I can't wait to fall in love or something. You know, I say stuff half-joking or, or serious. I can't even tell if I said serious. And someone commented, this dude said, I can't wait to fall in love. What a loser. And then, like, unironic with a bunch of emojis. Hey, screw you. And um, screw your mother. And I hope you go to hell.
I'll see you guys Wednesday, Sunday. You guys have a good day. Uh, I'm out of character.store. Stuff is disappearing. Get it while you can. Bye-bye. Love you guys.